Hello, welcome to the Leader to Leader podcast, a Chime Foundation series where we bring you the best of the best in digital health leadership. I'm Russ Branzell, your host for this podcast and the president and CEO of Chime, the College of Healthcare Information Management Executives. We continue to live and evolve through challenging times for healthcare professionals, our industry partners, and all the people we serve. Leaders across the industry have proven their talent and determination as they innovate, transform their organizations to meet the moment and shape the future. We're proud to know those leaders and support them here at Chime. Today, we welcome an outstanding industry executive who has dedicated his 30 plus year career to improving the business, efficiency, and safety for healthcare. He has extensive experience in working with Chime leaders across an industry from academic hospitals, integrated delivery networks, community hospitals, and physician group practices. He is the co-CEO and founder of Impact Advisors, one of the country's leading healthcare consulting firms that he co-founded with his brother, Peter Smith. I am so pleased to welcome a dear friend of Chime and a dear friend of mine to the program, Andy Smith. Andy, welcome to the program. Thanks, Russ. Thanks for having me. And I always enjoy these conversations and I feel like I, I learned some things from you. So I appreciate you making time for me this morning. Well, it, we are definitely in a crazy world, to say the least. Um, you know, we thought COVID was just going to calm down and, and nothing else would happen and we could get back to normal again. And now we're living in a world where uh, we can just put everything under this digital transformation uh, umbrella and pretend like it's just a big melting pot for us to deal with it. But there's just that challenges and opportunities everywhere. And I think that's true for our industry partners like you all. How are you all doing at Impact Advisors right now? How's your great team and your family and all that kind of stuff going on? Yeah, thanks for asking, Russ. Things are going really well. So we've, um, you know, despite a lot of the headwinds and COVID, uh, our our clients uh, have a lot of challenges that we've been helping them with. And that's resulted in really great growth for our firm. So just in the last year, we've we've hired over 400 people. Um, we've grown 40% top line revenue and, and um, you know, still very profitable and, and grown year over year. And so we feel really lucky and blessed to um, work with great associates and and serve a, you know, a, a very important, vitally important industry and, and really proud of our clients. So, um, you know, just recently we had a couple of press releases. We've added two chief growth officers, one we promoted internally and one we added from external Roger Weems and John Stanley, just to kind of help us serve the industry and our clients in a better way. And we've really expanded the, it's been a, a bit since we talked, um, Russ, but we've really expanded kind of our service set. So if, if you remember 17 years ago when we started the firm, it was really an HIT, healthcare IT advisory firm and grew that into implementation work. And now in the last five to six years, we've really pivoted to become a, a true management consultancy. So we've added a lot of different service offerings, uh, you know, labor optimization, merger, merger and acquisition planning, physician comp modeling, uh, so, you know, we're a full services management consulting firm and, and really proud of how we've grown the firm and done it, I think, in a, you know, humbly submitted in, a, in the right way, really focused on our associates and creating a culture where people really want to work. So, you know, the, the words I'm, I'm most proud of are, uh, you know, we we won a lot of class awards, of course, but the ones I'm, I'm most proud of are the engagement awards. So just last week we were recognizes the number two uh, best place to work in the by consulting magazine in their large consulting group category. And uh, actually next week, Modern Healthcare has their best places to work gala. And we've been on that list for 14 years. Uh, really proud of that. There's only one other services firm that can tout that accolade. So 
you know, I, we're trying to do things the right way. And I think we've been really uh, uh, blessed and really grateful for the, the great folks that helped us build this company. Well, let's pull on that thread of engagement a little bit here. And uh, whether it's the Chime survey we did a while back that, that really showed uh, all of our members' number one concern wasn't technology, it wasn't implementation, wasn't all those other things. It was burnout. It was stress. It was workload on their on their teams. And you know whether it's that or even at a, a macro level economic view of this, where I think it was the Kaiser Family Foundation that said six out of ten healthcare workers in the United States are feeling negative impacts from their mental health due to post stress from the pandemic and just current working conditions. And so, you know, it's kind of a, a testament that you're you're working on this and focusing on that. What do you see in kind of in the customer environment right now in guarding, you know, kind of the overall mental well-being of, of our of our leaders, of the people you're supporting in these organizations? And how are they handling kind of trying to attract the right talent and engage yeah. them and retain them? Yeah, really great question. I think you framed the the issue really well, Russ. It's yeah, it hasn't abated, you know, all the stressors of COVID and, and uh, you know, the labor models and, and shortages, uh, you know, it's exacerbated the issue and a lot of stress, a lot of burnout, um, you know, add to that list, uh, you know, the fear of, of AI and generative AI, right, that people think that that's coming for their jobs. Um, you know, so a lot of stress out there. We've seen our clients do a number of things, you know, creativity with benefits packaging, um, uh, one of the things that I really like is engaging with talent early in their career. So I've seen a lot of our clients are investing in or creating nursing schools. It's a great strategy, right? You know, really focused on the, on the career ladder, a structured career ladder, a standardized comprehensive training, um, standardizing process, all, all are things that are, are, are trying to relieve that burden, um, to harken back to generative AI, I, I really think that that shows a lot of promise, uh, certainly some cautions, but a lot of promise to, to ease some of the factor. You know, you look at what some of the healthcare software vendors are doing embedding generative AI into their physician notes that should really help with some of the burnout and the you know, pajama time, we're hoping. So, and then, you know, a little bit closer to home in the IT world, we've seen a renewed interest in either discrete outsourcing or even, you know, more holistic outsourcing to kind of uh, um, move some of the administrative burden or the overhead associated with some of the, um, you know, the uh, uh, solution centers in, in, in the hospital. So not a, not a, 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 a symptom or, or problem that's going to go any, any, anytime soon. But, uh, you know, I, I know it's a real focus area for a lot of our clients. We, we've struggled with this issue internally for a long time. You know, we've, we've got uh, a lot of internal programs that, that uh, if you're interested, I can elaborate on, but you, you, we've lived in a virtual environment for a long time. You know, I think we've got associates in 45 states and we've got two offices, you know, both in the Chicagoland area. So we have to create opportunities to create virtual engagement in the community and, and look for reasons to gather uh, locally when we can. Well, that's, that's probably another thread to even pull more on as we talk about this. I mean, I listened to your accolades earlier and the awards you received that, that, that is, that kind of long-term success isn't by accident. It isn't just, you weren't lucky. So tell us some of the strategies you've really seen to not just engage people, but to boost engagement and boost morale of that workforce uh, that you have to work with every single day because their jobs are hard. They're away from their families a lot. They are running around the country. How do you, how do you I don't want you to give away all your secrets, but maybe a few you're willing to give away a couple of those key strategies that 
really are effective in helping people uh, in today's tough world. Yeah, yeah. I'm happy to give away all our secrets for us. I mean, a rising tide, I think, is good for the whole industry. So uh, if we have any special sauce, happy to share it. And as my mom always told me, imitation is the most sincere form of flattery, right? So um, yeah, but we do spend a lot of time on this. You know, Pete and I came to the conclusion very early in the inception of the firm that, you know, if we were going to compete, it was all around talent acquisition. So we really strive to hire, recruit, retain, and develop the best of the best and uh, become a home for people to practice their craft and uh, kind of get out of their way and let them do that. So we spent a lot of time and energy on this. Very early in the firm's history, we created a, a role called the happyologist. And they usually get a chuckle out of people. And they always, everybody always says that they know somebody that'd be a great happyologist. But I got to tell you, we've got the best. And, um, you know, the focus of that, that role in that individual is really internally focused. It works, works on internal communication. It works on our career development framework. And it works on this kind of ephemeral thing about creating culture and community. And um, the other thing we need to recognize is that, uh, you know, you got to look at this holistically, that people's work time is very important, but you got to think about them as a, a whole human. And actually, I just to... to to give you a compliment, I was talking to one of your staffers just earlier this week, and she said one of the things that she really likes about working at Chime and with you, Russ, is that apparently at, at all your staff meetings, you kind of close by saying something to the effect of, hey, make sure you take care of yourselves. I know this is a tough and stressful job, and um, you know you need to take care of yourself and your mental health first. So I know you get it. Well, one of my favorite authors is a... Um is really all about top talent. It's a guy named Mark Miller and wrote a great book called Top Talent and how organizations, we all need to hire X number of people to be able to do our jobs, but some organizations are a little bit better at hiring top talent and really focusing on that. And as you think about the challenges coming up for organizations, nursing shortages, physician shortages, administration shortages, uh, and it's only going to get worse, it isn't just the number of bodies we need to fill positions. It's also about the quality of those people where we really are looking for unique, really interesting people that can help diversify our workforce and yet at the same time, fulfill jobs that maybe even we can't dream that, that they could do. So how, what's your approach to really looking out there and finding that top talent um, for you because that helps those organizations? And what do you do to, to actually develop top talent as well? Yeah. Yeah, great question. I'm not sure we figured it all out, but I can tell you some of the things we do internally. First and foremost, we're pretty rigorous in our hiring process. So, you know, we hire much less than 5% of the total applicants that apply uh, here at Impact Advisors, and we've got a pretty rigorous screening process. You know, there's no secret uh, or rocket science around that. It's just pretty rigorous. And we you know, we test people's um, networks and do a lot of reference checking and do case studies and, and several levels of screens. Um, yeah, you know, so that, that's the first thing. The second thing I do is, uh, or we do as a firm, is we really focus on a couple key attributes. One is aptitude. Can they do the work? You know, this is important work we're doing for a very important industry. Really, that's demonstrable by, you know, the CV, the experience, the success the individuals had. We, we look for work ethic. This is not for the faint of heart, this work. So we all work pretty hard. We're all pretty, uh, um, you know, pretty type A hardworking. And then the third thing and the, the, the hardest to gauge, of course, is attitude. And that likely most might be the most important. You and I in our careers have probably 
I'll work many times with people that are really, really skilled, but maybe not so great in the clubhouse. And those people really create a conundrum, right? So we we have a pretty firm no jerks rule here at Impact, and um, you know we we test this by you know asking ourselves, is this a person you'd want to have a, a three hour dinner with, right? If the answer to that is no, then they're probably not a great fit for us, you know. And and we spend a lot of time and attention, as I I said in our in our previous dialogue, uh, kind of taking care of these people. So you know the communication loop is vitally important. We've got, uh, we do VIP interviews at uh, uh, twice a year, which are very important person interviews where we kind of solicit their feedback, how we're doing as a firm, whether they're getting self-actualized, whether they're enjoying the work, whether their coaching assignment works. Um, and actually, that's one of the things I'm pretty proud about. We've taken coaching and kind of pivoted that from an, earlier in my career, coaching was somebody to kind of get you through your annual review process. And we've kind of created a, a role of a career coach, recognizing that it's a long-term game here. And we're trying to get people, you know, to, to where they ultimately want to be in their careers. And uh, the one of the things we've done is kind of reduce the stigma of changing a coach. So it's it's very acceptable at Impact to change, to ask for a coaching change. Uh, we, tr you know, people try not to take that personally, but, you know, your needs change as your career changes. And it's important to recognize that and get the right mentors and coach. Um you know, and lastly, we we try to build a really good culture that people feel really positive, you know, practice the golden rule. And we call ourselves winners here, not associates or or employees. And the story behind that is, it, you know, my previous company, I was having a lot of personal success. I was in charge of the, the Midwest region, which was the largest and most profitable region. But the overall firm was struggling. And so, you know, every day at the end of the day, I'd come home and I I got to admit, I, I felt like a loser, even though I, I uh, individually I was having a lot of success. And that was, that really kind of got on me. And when Pete and I started the firm, we vowed to create a culture where every day people felt like winners. And I, I can tell you for 17 years, that's been true. I feel like a winner. And we truly, you know, we're trying to build a culture where people have that and we celebrate the successes and, and learn from our failures and, um, you know, build a, a culture where people want to work. Well, you you just talked about this and, and we're, you know, about the next generation and, and some of those things. So I'll give you an example. One of our amazing uh, teammates at Chime, she gave me some statistics that kind of blew my mind. Over the next couple of years, I mean, just the next few years, 92% of the Chime membership will be Generation X, Y, Millennial, and Z. Where if you think about the history of Chime, it was really those very senior executives um, a bunch of mostly uh, older individuals in their positions. Now you look at an audience and it's young. It's very young. People are in these jobs much earlier in their careers than they've ever been before. And, and you mentioned even the term self-actualization. And what I love about Gen Z, and I love all the generations, what I really love about Gen Z is they're the first gener generation to ever be born into self-actualization. They don't worry about the rest of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. They want to make a huge impact on the world. And it's all about a self-reflection of worth if they're making that impact. As you think about this, how do you think about those next generation? Because the, 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 the my generation, I'm right between kind of a boomer and an X, and th those are fading out quickly. And if the statistics are right, the boomers will essentially all but disappear over the next five years from the workforce. I mean, there'll still be some that want to work later in life, but essentially there won't be boomers left. And boomers were stupid enough to work 2.0 FTEs most of the time. They work much harder. You've been using them as, as great workforce for many years. 
So how are you bringing the next generation of leaders up and, and your consultants and all that kind of stuff in a world where they think and act differently? And yeah, that's okay. Yeah, great question. It's a sobering question, right? Russell, you and I used to be the the young guys walking into the room and now we're the old guys. And uh, um, yeah, really a changing of the guard happening. I, I think the biggest problem I'm having, quite honestly, is that people don't get my references as much as they used to. You you can't drop a Brady Bunch reference on this and 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 get a laugh anymore, right? They just won't understand it. So um, you know, it, it's a great point. And you know, interestingly, just actually yesterday and today, we had a meeting of about fifty of our kind of up and coming people here in Chicago. Had a dinner with them last night. And really, we're talking about things like building personal brand and, and how to refine your elevator pitch and how to tell a story and a narrative using PowerPoint, right? So, you know, we're investing in this um, uh, people early in their careers. And you're right, the energy, the enthusiasm, um, you know, the, the, the whole body thinking of this generation is really pretty awesome and exciting. And it gets me excited about what we can accomplish in, in the industry together. You know, they're, they're bringing new ways of thinking, new creativity, things that just wouldn't have occurred to me. Um, and, and it's really exciting. We need to covet and, and grow that and, and be willing to make sure that that's a two-way dialogue. The way the, that, that you and I have done things or our generation have done things is, is not um, you know, always the best way, even though we've got kind of the benefit of a lot of years of experience and probably a lot of failure that we've learned from, but we need to be open to, to doing things in a new and different way. And, uh, you know, what we found is that, uh, we've had to, to do a couple things. We've had to get really focused on a, a really prescriptive method around career planning, so this generation really wants to know what the next steps are, what they need to do. So we've spent a lot of time on that. Communication is really important. So we spent a lot of time and energy to making sure that uh, uh, people know what's going on in the firm. Transparency is really important. Um, and hierarchy is not important. So we're trying to break down a lot of those walls and really focus on getting good uh, uh, information to everybody in the firm so we can all make collectible good decisions. And then... Um, you know, last thing I would say is, and I tell this to, I've got three sons and I tell this to them in their own career planning, which is, hey, don't outsource your career planning. Don't assume that a coach or a mentor as, as good as they may be um, uh, is responsible for your career. You, you have to have autonomy, uh, autonomy agency. You need to really uh, take control of your own career because, you know, no matter how good your mentor is, nobody cares about your personal growth more than you. So I think that's an important thing to, to recognize that there may be limits to what you can get from the external environment and you need to look intrinsically. With our time kind of getting close here, I want to throw out one last topic for you that seems to be, it's always been there, but it seems to be really elevating to the top of importance right now. You know, for years, you've had great project leaders and that kind of stuff that have done change management. And that's great project management and time and materials and accounting for work and all the task lists. That's top project management and change management. But this concept of change leadership really is emerging amongst the, the Chime members in our industry that we, one, have to do a better job taking people with us on this change journey and helping them through that emotional, mental change that even if it's the worst system in the world and everyone hated it and we think we're all excited about going to the new system, it's still a morning and changing process. What's your perspective on the 
speed of this being part of the success for the for the new digital leader moving forward to be that change leadership champion to really help organizations move to a new place? Yeah, great question, Russ. And I'm, I'm going to ask you to answer that question after I give you <laughs> some quick thoughts, because that, that's a tough one. You know, the things that immediately came to mind is, you know, don't pave the cow paths, don't get mired in the way things were, um, you know, and and as with many things that this becomes a leadership challenge, as I think you suggested, which is, you know, you need to, you need to really model the right behavior at the very top. And it's amazing how these things kind of flow through. Well, maybe not perfectly related. I look at kind of the, the back to work, a lot of our clients and and probably you and, and our firm certainly went virtual very fast and, and is kind of coming back to the office and to the workplace slowly, more slowly than people. And that that's a change management problem as well. And, and what I've seen is the organizations where the CEO and the CXO suite were modeling that behavior and coming into the office or, or really proselytizing um, a new change in the hybrid work environment had a lot more success. And I was, I was talking to one of our mutual friends, a healthcare CIO just this week, and he was at his board meeting and one of the board members made, made the, uh, um, the comment to to this organization that that they were a very high performing organization and and they recognized that a big part of their success was getting people back into the office. So I, I know this wasn't the intent of your question, but the thing that occurred to me is one of the bigger change management um, uh, issues we've had in the past is just this new hybrid work environment. So, but with, with that, Russ, I'd love to hear what you what you think and and what your uh, recommendations and advice are to all your great chime members well this is a it's a bit of a an easy question for me because we've been working on this and building it into our boot camps and academies for the last couple of years because you know it's our belief that we have to create people into this new what we jokingly call the 3.0 leader um it's just really the next evolution of developing our skill sets and and admittedly most chime members actually let's just be blunt most healthcare leaders period not even digital uh, really weren't trained on emotional thinking and helping people through the psychology of change. And so it's a skill that I think we have to develop in a much different way. But part of it is you can boil back to being a good human being. And that is being a good communicator, being a good listener first, talker second, uh, being present. And that doesn't mean being in a room with people. That means literally being present with them. And I struggle with that sometimes because I'm always thinking about the next thing instead of living in the moment of where I'm at. I think the other part of this is understanding that people want, especially these next generations, that will not change unless you empower them to change. And I think that's the part that we have to understand is you cannot force anyone to change. You have to create an environment where they want to change. Um, and even if they go to the new system, they may still be living in the old world because you haven't figured out a way to let them be empowered and think through these and I go back to my concept is people want to be cared about first before we ever do any initiatives. And I think that's the part. If you don't set an environment where it's truly an environment of caring, one of your mentors, one of my mentors, one of the icons in the industry, Ivo Nelson, used to tell, tell everybody is, if you don't have a love-based culture, you will always be a transactional organization. And it sounds a little mushy and emotional, but the reality is everyone knows the difference between a love-based culture and one that's not. And I think that's I think that's what you try to create in your organization. You just don't use those words, um, but I think that's what we always try to do. Well, Andy, unfortunately, I I didn't want to get the last word in, but I'm going to give you at least an opportunity here. Andy, thank you for everything you do for our industry. 
thank you what you've done for our opioid task force. And I say this in all sincerity, there are people alive today because the work you and the opioid task force have done. It is truly, truly one of the most inspirational things I've ever seen us do here at Chime. You're truly one of our heroes in our industry and for us here at Chime. Well, thanks, Russ. It's been a real privilege and honor to to serve that that committee. And you've got a great team over there and really enjoy working with you and, and hope to see you soon, Russ. Well, again, thanks. And thank you for listening to this episode of Chime's Leader to Leader podcast. As always, you can visit us at our website, chimecentral.org forward slash media or on Spotify to listen to this and all these amazing healthcare leaders. Well, for now, continue to improve, innovate, transform, and create positive change to advance and improve our healthcare throughout the communities you serve. Stay safe and God bless.